Hello, and welcome to Are You Going to Eat Your Fat? This podcast is a resource dedicated to those struggling with eating disorders. If you are struggling with an eating disorder or know someone who is, maybe a brother, sister, daughter, wife, we want to be here to provide resources and offer hope. I am Dina Lewis, and I'm here with my husband, co-host, Brian Lewis. We are not doctors, but we do come with more than 20 years' history in dealing with eating disorders. Whether you found us on purpose or by mistake, whatever the case, we hope by the end of this episode you have learned something, or at least, if you are struggling, you do not feel alone. Hi, and welcome to Are You Going to Eat Your Fat? For this episode, it's just going to be me, Dina. I kind of wanted to talk to you guys about something a little more personal. I've shared my story, but what I'm going to talk about is how I dealt with pregnancy once I was in recovery and maybe some of the triggers that happened at that time. I know that some people have spoken to me or shared with me, can I actually have a future after having an eating disorder? And you absolutely can. I believe it wholeheartedly. It's not easy to be in recovery. It's a lot of work, but you are capable of doing it. And it's something you always have to have in the back of your mind. We've talked about planning ahead and stuff, but it is doable to have a family and a normal life after having an eating disorder. So I probably started my eating disorder somewhere in my early 20s. I had been in a car accident with my mother. She wanted to go to the mall with me. And that day, and I didn't want to go because I was going to have to go to work later that afternoon. But she kind of gave me the sad face and I was like, okay, I'll go with you. And as we were coming back home, a woman was late to a wedding and she thought she saw a green light. But what she was looking at was the light beyond the light that she was coming up to. And the light was red, but she was looking farther ahead. She came and she hit my mom's car. I was the passenger at the time. And the car went spinning, and what ended up happening was I died at the scene, and then they were able to revive me. I had a subdural hematoma on the left side of my brain. So from that point on, I had to relearn how to walk, to talk, and to practically do everything again. It was a very difficult time. And at that point, I had lost probably a good 10 pounds in the hospital And I don't think it was the cause of the eating disorder. But between that and my brother dying at such a young age of cancer, it was a lot of trauma and a lot of shock and a lot of stress to deal with at that time. I was in college at the time. I just finished finals. And by a miracle, I was able to recover from that accident. But everything had to slow down. And so that journey of getting done with college in four years became more like eight to 10 years. I had to really depend on a lot of people at the time in my life to help me through a lot. And at that point, my self-esteem was very low because people around me were able to do things by themselves. And I needed somebody to help me just to do the basic things in life. So I think between watching my brother die And my car accident, so much stuff I had to deal with at that time that I had no control over. So that's kind of the beginning of that. So I think somewhere between those two things, my eating disorder kind of started slowly starting, you know, and it was very slow in the beginning. I was just trying to be healthier 
And then as time went on, one of the first things that started happening was I got so thin that I lost my period. So I'm going to say I was probably in my eating disorder for at least 10 years, but probably I lost my period for at least eight of those. And, you know, there was a time when I was already married. I remember sitting down at the kitchen table with my mom and I told her, you know, I don't think I'm going to be able to have kids, mom. I think I'm going to have to adopt. And she was probably looking at me like, well, in the condition you're in, you're not going to be able to have them at all. But I only wanted to bring it up because at that time it showed how, I'm going to say how selfish I was because I couldn't ever even think or comprehend gaining the weight I would need to gain to have a baby. So the only option to me was to adopt. As I went into my second stay of treatment and I got better, Brian and I, we've talked about it before, were newlyweds at the time. We'd only been married maybe six months to a year before I went into my first treatment stay. And then probably another six months after that, I went into Monacatini. And our relationship wasn't good. I mean, we were like two ships passing in the night. There was no chemistry between us because I was so ill and I didn't look good. And I just didn't have any of those feelings to have intimacy with him at that time because it was all about Dina and it was all about my eating disorder. So when I did enter treatment and I started to get better, I went into treatment at 57 pounds and I'm 5'7". And I was about 28 years old, 29 years old when I entered in. I was 57 pounds at my lowest. And then by the time I had to leave treatment, I had almost hit my goal weight. And I will share that with you right now. It was 124. And at the time I thought, holy heck, that's a lot. (laughs) And I was really close to that, maybe by two pounds or something like that when I went home. And probably took about two or three months before my periods really came back. And still, you know, the whole thing about having kids was nerve-wracking and scary. But, you know, my mind had changed and I really did want to have a family. So Brian and I got pregnant pretty quickly. And that child or that, I guess, that pregnancy ended in miscarriage at nine and a half weeks. And we were both devastated. We tried again and then we tried again. And we ended up having two more miscarriages after that. And what happened there was a lot of self-blame happened. This is my consequence for what I've done to my body. It's all my fault. I was reminded by that by certain people in my family, more on Brian's side of the family. And it hurt really bad because I was already (sighs) blaming myself. And it was very triggering for me. If I hadn't been in recovery, I probably would have gone back downhill at that point. I was just so new and fresh in recovery and feelings were kind of coming all over the place. And I was like, this is just not fair. Why is this happening to me? And as soon as I miscarried, I see everybody looks pregnant after I've lost that baby. And that first miscarriage I ended up doing at home. I remember going to the doctor the next day and they said, well, did you save it? And I looked at them like, are you nuts? And I said, no, I didn't know I was supposed to. And then the second time I ended up having a DNC And then the third time, I think there was another DNC. And Brian and I were devastated. We got to the point where it was like we would start decorating the nursery and then we would stop 
because we were like, well, we don't want to get too excited and then we know something's going to happen. So it was weird that it was always at nine and a half weeks. I know that God is out there and maybe that baby, there was something wrong with it and he was just trying to protect me and it was going to need more than I could provide for it. But it was still very, very difficult. One of the things that helped me through that was my nutritionist that I had at Monacatini was still helping me along the way. Each one of my pregnancies, she would communicate with me and I would share my weight with her and we would go through it together. I think that was the best thing that could have ever happened to me during that time because she was able to look at it and she knew who I was. She knew what I'd gone through and I could trust her. And that was a big thing, trusting her. Luckily, we were able to successfully have five kids. But in the meantime, between having those five blessings, I miscarried a total of 11 times. And I would have loved to have, you know, been 19 kids and counting or something at one point in my life. But it's very, very difficult to lose a baby because for me, I was always thinking like, I planned from the second I knew I was pregnant, you know, but I don't know what it was. I still blame myself. I still have a lot of guilt as to what I've done to my body over the years, but God blessed us with five great kids. And I know some of you out there might be struggling with some of the same things is how will I ever be able to have children when I'm struggling with my body as it is right now and to gain weight and to lose weight. I'm there with you. It was difficult, but it was so rewarding at the same time. I do remember thinking like after I had the kids and you still have a little bit of weight to lose at the end that I didn't really care if I had kept on that little bit of weight because I was just so happy with that baby in my arms. And it probably took that whole selfish part of me away because now I had unconditional love for another little human. I also remembered the time I went to a doctor's appointment I had this doctor and the doctor actually, my mom knew this doctor. I remember going to him and I was following my food plan throughout my pregnancy with my nutritionist. And there were certain times that I just couldn't eat anymore. I felt like, am I restricting because I can't get any more in? Or, you know, I remember having like a stack of bananas on the side of my bed or something like that of all the fruit I needed to catch up on. But, you know, it wasn't that I was doing it intentionally. I had to recognize, like, I'm not doing it with the intent to restrict. I'm doing it because I just can't put any more food in my body at this moment. But I remember going to the doctor, and I'd been drinking, like, soy milk for much of my pregnancy and much of my recovery. So during pregnancy, I just did not like milk at all. It didn't taste good. I just couldn't get it down, but I needed to have the calcium. So I ended up replacing like three glasses of milk a day with like yogurt, but I picked the wrong kind of yogurt because it had a lot of sugar in it, but I didn't realize that at the time. So I remember going to a doctor's appointment and the doctor looked at me and was like, you really gained a little bit too much weight too quickly. And I was like, what? And I remember him accusing me of eating a bunch of cookies and all this crap and stuff. And I just sat there and just cried because I was like, you don't understand. You don't understand that the struggles I've had, what I've gone through, what my food plan is. And I just hated him so much. (laughs) He made me so angry because he was making a big assumption right there. So after that, 
I ended up having my next baby I had with him and he really was much nicer and more understanding. But like I've told you before, you have to be an advocate for yourself when you go to these things. Like I would have to tell people like, don't tell me my weight. I close my eyes when I get on the scale and sometimes they just blurt it out anyway. So I had to stand up for myself at that point with that doctor and tell that doctor how much he hurt my feelings at that moment. But stuff like that happens. And then I had to just start, what did I do? What was the answer to that? Well, I had to see how many sugars were in the milk. And then what I could do with yogurt as I had to compare, I couldn't go over the amount of sugar in the yogurt as I did the milk and then everything balanced out. So there was an answer and I did find a way of getting through it. I hope I haven't embarrassed anybody if there's any gentlemen listening today or anything, but I did want to share something about pregnancy and eating disorders because I have heard of a lot of people who are like, they can eat real healthy when they're pregnant. And then once their pregnancy is over, they go right back into their eating disorder. You know, there was times when we lived in another state and between my last two kids, I had had probably six more miscarriages. And sometimes my family just wouldn't understand. So letting you guys know this is something that not everybody knows about. And if my family's listening to this, they probably don't realize how many miscarriages I had because there were times where some of the comments would be very hurtful. Like, you know, there's condoms you can buy at the store for problems like this or issues like this, you know. Can you afford all these children? You know, there was just very hurtful things, which made it that much harder that when I went through a miscarriage, I really didn't have many people to go to. I had to keep that within myself. But I know if I've gone through it and felt it, then somebody out there has felt it as well. And I want to give them hope. I hope that you guys have a great support system out there. And I hope that Brian and I can be that support system for you guys. And if somebody really needs to talk to us, not so much by asking a question and we answer it over the computer or by emailing, if there's somebody that needs to talk and hear our voice personally, just email us and let us know and we can do a FaceTime or something like that, that we can talk with you and your family and hopefully help you guys resolve things or give you a sense of hope and care because I do care. I really do care. And I thank you guys all for all the support you guys give us with this podcast and the many, many people that have listened. If you guys have it in you to go and you want to give some money to the podcast, that would be great. I mean, the point of this podcast is to really bring hope and bring understanding and awareness to the community out here and to the world about eating disorders and how serious they really are. If we were ever to get enough money raised, we would give it to a scholarship that we can help somebody else's family that they can go and have treatment because I know how difficult it is. I've talked about it before, but both my parents were retired when I went into treatment My brothers had to give their paychecks to my husband in order for me to stay in treatment for as long as I did. But I just want to thank all of you so very much, and we're going to close with a serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Keep coming back. It works if you work it, so work it. You are worth it. Love you guys. Thanks so much. Bye. Thank you for joining us. If you found this podcast useful or we have given you hope and you want to reach out and contribute, feel free to do so at eatthatfat at gmail.com. That's eat, 
thatfat at gmail.com. Our pledge to you is that every penny that we get in contributions goes to production costs and keeping the lights on. We will not pay ourselves, but anything above and beyond production costs will go to benefit organizations that specialize in eating disorders. Please reach out to us if you need resources or you just need to talk. You are not alone and there are people who care. Keep coming back. It works if you work it, so work it. You are worth it. <music>